Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, Mike McCarthy is 42-25 and 25 in the regular season with the Dallas Cowboys. Mentioned 12-5 and five in each of the last three regular seasons plus the road playoff win in Tampa last year. Listen, 0-2 at AT&T Stadium at home. He deserves a lot of criticism. Does not deserve a contract extension. Paulie brought up a point that Jerry had to be talked off the ledge. Maybe he did. Maybe he did. Maybe it was by Stephen Jones. I don't know. Maybe it was by Will McClay. I don't know. We'll never know. But I still admire that Jerry Jones' patience. When everyone seems to think that he is this piranha, and I'm not saying he's a good person. I'm not suggesting that. I do admire his patience from a football level because it's really hard when everyone says you should zig and you zag. Trust me, from somebody who lives a lifestyle of that. Everyone says, oh, you you just die on these mountains and you're an idiot and you're the only one that thinks like this. I mean, I'm I'm telling you, I mean, A, I'm smarter than the average bear. B, I I don't do it to for bit purposes. I don't do it to be controversial. I do it because it's what I believe in. It's what I am, right or wrong. Right or wrong. Like I got into an argument with Ben Krimmel, who works for us again. Surprise. I I, I should just mute him on Twitter. And just my life would be better because I posted something about the Fox television ratings from the Packers Cowboys game, you know, and they were trumpeting, Oh, it's over 40 million uh, you know, people. And I said, you know, please remember this is based off of a sample size of 40,000 televisions or television households. And they come up with this wackadoo number of over 40 million people based on statistical random data sampling. I don't do that. I don't buy it. I don't believe in it. I think it's dumb. I, I'm all for statistics. Batter hits three, gets three hits and ten at bats. He's hitting three hundred. That makes sense. Jordan Love, you know, goes uh, sixteen of twenty out of the shoot. He's completing eighty percent of his passes. I'm with you. I understand that. I get it. It makes sense. It, it's not random theory. It's not sampling it's not anything other than this is what it is but to have some cockamamie abstract bullcrap nonsensical data based on one tenth of one percent of the available u.s households no i'm sorry i'm not i'm just not gonna buy into it and kremel just attacked me oh why do you have to be like this And we went back and forth, and I was aggravated, and I just had to I, I just had to walk away. You know, I just had to walk away. Most fans, 
can't get past, cannot get past the blinders on that they have. Cannot look big picture. And it's true with the Cowboys, and it's true with so many other situations, and it's true with, you know, again, this, the example that I was just citing. And maybe it's not the perfect example, but you get my point is there's more than one way to look at something. Yes, there is, Matt. Don't shake your no, head. No, I'm shaking my head. at That was definitely not the right way to think about it. What, how so? I Because I agree that Ben went off on you because I just saw the text thread. Kind of funny. If, if you're looking for a chuckle. Take a look. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I don't I will take say, offense. I, I will say, though, that he does have a point. It, like, don't get me wrong. There's issues with TV ratings. And I also question why we even need to know about this. Because this is 100% a sales, mm-hmm. like, information that they would use to sell to advertisers and all well, that kind of stuff. Because they want to beat their chest about how many people watch Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhardt on Cool, Sunday. who cares? Yeah, I, and I, I think that's care. the bigger part is, like, yeah, it, you, you hit a moment with, like, cool. That's good. Yeah. I It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Um, and so that's where I'm. But I'm I, laughing I, at the point get, that it doesn't matter. I get fired up because it it it's a misrepresentation of the data that they actually have. It's based on some random statistical survey theory, whatever. Homie, don't do that. Well, but the whole thing is again, this is information that's meant for sales and like been put through 17 different like algorithms to try and figure out what the optimal amount and like where people are watching and all that kind of stuff. And yes, this is the. Uh, collated all the data and it's like oh hey this is the amount of households that we're watching it's like i'll be honest i don't care and how many of those households were watching something else and left the house and left their tv on for their dog and there's a lot of the well yeah sure but let's be honest do people leave their tv on for the dog oh absolutely okay Uh, i was wondering i mean i know i know my family has done that when we've had obnoxious dogs that barked in the past i I was just i was just pointing out that that again there's more than one way you can see things right and and jerry jones is seeing things from a different prism than you know johnny knucklehead uh paulie walnuts and uh and 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 um you know and, and danny dumbass well but jerry's you know? also seeing it from and i'm not the saying he's right i'm no. not saying he's gonna be right i'm just saying he is looking at it from a different he could have easily fired mike mccarthy and hired one of these big shots easily i admire that he was patient i admire that he didn't judge mike mccarthy based on one game there's nothing wrong with what Jerry Jones did. It may not work out, but there's nothing wrong with what Jerry Jones did. And this is, I would say, similar because there is still one year in the contract. Kind of similar to us not getting rid of Sam Howell. Sam Howell might not be the quarterback of the future, but while he's still under a rookie quarter or a contract and still good and still potential for this team, it would be stupid to get rid of him. By the way, Paulie asked when the last time a coach went into the final year of his contract and got a contract extension, or I think that's what he asked. I don't know. I was having a hard time following what Paul yeah. was saying. But Jason Garrett, in 2013 or 2014, maybe it was, went into the final year of his contract. They won a lot of games, I think 12, as a matter of fact, and maybe a playoff game, and he got a five-year contract extension. Now, the next time he went into the final year of his contract, he didn't get the contract extension again, and he coached it out, and they didn't make the playoffs, and he got fired. I mean, it happens all the time, right? I mean, Believe it or not, there are teams 
that go into lame duck years. The Capitals just went into a lame duck year with Peter Laviolette last year. They didn't extend them. Not that big of a deal was made out of it. They didn't make the playoffs. They didn't do a new contract. And again, um, just because your team has a lot of penalties, I'll give you one more and then we'll go back to the calls. In 2023, the Jets led the NFL with 124 penalties. Now, they were 7-10, and 10, but I think a lot of us realize that if Aaron Rodgers had played quarterback, they could have led the league in penalties. They would not have been 7-10. and 10. The Cleveland Browns, the Dallas Cowboys, tied for second with 115. One team won 11 games. The next team won 12 games. The Browns won 11 games with four quarterbacks. The next team, want to guess? Very undisciplined, very poor, terrible team. Played in no significant games at all. Oh, wait, that's not true. The Houston Texans. Under D'Amico the disciplinarian. They won 10 games and a playoff game. They were third solo, but technically fourth in the NFL in terms of penalties with 114. My point being is stop thinking that you have every answer and that there's only one way. Like, yes, penalties have been a problem for the Dallas Cowboys. Got it. Penalties have been a problem. I'm not going to deny that they haven't. But let's not act like you can't win if you have a high amount of penalties. Let's not act like that's all on the head coach either. That's that's where I take umbrage. And, and you know, Paulie and maybe others, may, Montana took a little umbrage that I grouped people in. I would just say this. <clears throat> if you're a Commanders fan, and again, you're jumping for joy that Mike McCarthy is still the Cowboy because – This is great news because this is great for you. This shows how dumb the Dallas Cowboys are. I'm sorry. I'm not going to group you all in. I made a mistake. I can admit when I made a mistake. But that is so naive. That is so not thinking with any, with really any big picture view at all. However, I will say it isn't naive to say because we faced Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys for the past couple of years, and he's we know who he is and what they are, it would be better for us to, like, I honestly, I still maintain Mike McCarthy twice a year, way better than Mike McDaniels twice a year, I mean, or they, Kyle Shanahan twice a year, I mean, or can- another one of the very offensive, very high-minded schemes kind of Haven't play- the Cowboys beaten the Commanders five out of the last six meetings? Over I the last still, three years? I still would prefer that matchup because I know what I'm getting. Okay, that's fine. That doesn't mean it's an easy matchup. It doesn't, doesn't make mean it it's easier. a good matchup. It doesn't, doesn't make mean... it better or easier. Yeah. It makes it known, though. And I think a known commodity, that's especially fine. in this league where... You don't think uh, Mike McDaniel is a known commodity at this point? I think he's. it's known that he's going to be going for big plays that are going to chop you. And no matter what, you're going to try and maintain the point differential. But he's going to continue going for big plays that if you don't have the... D- depth downfield, you're yeah. going to get screwed. And well, we're, some, we don't have that. Well, some people would say about Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins that they can't beat anybody that's good. And, and again, they're taking a small sample size of one year, okay, and four or five games this year where they didn't play well against teams like the Baltimore Ravens, the Kansas City Chiefs, so, you know, uh, 
so on, you know, the Buffalo Bills, they lost to them, uh, you know, two times, so on and so forth. That's not fair to Mike McDaniel either. Just no. like to judge him because they're 0-2 in the playoffs. Granted, both road games and one with a third-string quarterback and one in Nanooka, the North Conditions. Again, nothing is fair in the world. Nothing is – very few things are absolute and certains, okay? And, again, I guess my only point is, like, yeah, if, if you told me who would you want to be the next head coach of the Washington Commanders, the team that I care most about, and you said, well, Mike McDaniel or Mike McCarthy, I'd choose Mike McDaniel as well. But that doesn't mean that I wouldn't consider strongly Mike McCarthy. Oh, no, you definitely go through the interview yeah. process and everything with him yeah. because if he's on the table, he's a good coach that you're going to get some perspective from regardless. Exactly. Let's get to Dr. Sabah here uh, on the Team 980 before we let uh, any more time go by. What's up, Doc? How are you? Hey, Christopher. It's always nice on, to Doc? hear you on the radio. Thank I'm you. sitting here on my computer getting my stuff done, so I thought, well, let me chime in. I, I'm I'm so blessed that uh, Matt has not gonged me. Thank God for that, because I do tend to ramble on. But I must say, I think I'm a little bit more respectful than our you are, and that's why you don't get gonged. <laughs> Sometimes we have to like say, okay, enough, we got to move on. But right. because yes, you you don't act like a know-it-all like Paulie does, who accuses me <laughs> of acting like a know-it-all. So maybe we're both know-it-alls, and both of us should be gonged. I don't know. Well, I think instead of y'all being normal, I think it's more you have strong opinions, and that's yes. fun. You know, that's what makes this fun. It makes it not matter. I mean, what else can you do in life and get paid for it? First of all, you're getting paid to do this, and yell and rant, and nothing matters. You can be as wrong as you want. You're like a weatherman. You can be wrong every day and still get paid. That's true. See, a lot of professors, if I'm wrong, my career is over. So, you know, I cherish these moments on the radio. So... My two cents are with the uh, McCarthy thing. I think Jerry had fillers. I really do. And Jim Harbaugh said no. Belichick said no. That's what. That's what I think the delay was. And he thought, well, who on the heck? Who in the heck am I going to get? And I think deep down too, he's not sure Dak is the guy. They're going to pay him sixty million. To be average? Well, he, he counts so, sixty. Mil, he counts sixty million under the yeah. cap. I don't. I don't okay. know how much well, cash he's actually when they getting. Redo it, yeah. When they redo it, it's going to be at least fifty. That, that's fair. That's he's fair. a good quarterback. He's that's not a fifty million dollar. So in in today's in today's is, NFL, based on the market, yeah. he's not that far off, Doc. Yeah. I mean, we know this, right? Well, well, I don't. I don't. I still don't want to do it because. I, I'd rather recycle these quarterbacks every five years in. If that's all he's going to get is mediocre, and that way keep the price down and build up the team around them, yeah. like they're doing with uh, Purdy and, and, and uh, those guys. So um, what I say is let McCarthy stay, and I hope to God they redo um, Dak's contract because then we have hope. Just like Philadelphia deemed Hurts elite when he was just as much of a game manager as Purdy is, and um, and and the rest of the uh, you know our little Redskins quarterbacks we've had in the past, which I'm okay with. I'm certainly okay with. Them. But they're treating him like he's elite, and they got rid of a lot of guys. His coordinators, he is average at best. I think he's more a running guy and doesn't pass as well as honestly Sam Howell with a good coach. So I think things are looking up for us in division because Philly and Dallas have both overpaid the quarterbacks, and even the Giants may have overpaid theirs. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I, I think it's a good day. I'm glad 
everything is status quo with Philly and Dallas. You know, again, that's a reasonable approach, a reasonable approach. Okay, again, I disagree that um, that that it's a good thing for the commanders that Mike McCarthy and maybe Nick Sirianni, who's said to be meeting with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles owner Jeffrey Lurie right now, and who knows, he might get fired tonight, might stay, what have you. I thought that was a done deal. Yeah, no, yeah, it's not yet. Um, so, so okay. well, again, again, I, I think, mm-hmm. I, I think optimistically we can say, well, well, Mike McCarthy doesn't win in the postseason and the track record no, so Dak much, doesn't. I don't blame the coach and, and, and Dak, Dak Prescott doesn't whatever. And I yeah. would say the same thing for Dak, right? Dak played a horrible game on Sunday. Doesn't mean that Dak Absolutely. next year couldn't play well in the playoffs. Doesn't, doesn't mean that he's never you know, that he's always terrible in the playoffs. I guess we have to stop judging people by one-game sample sizes. Well, here's what I got to ask you, Christopher. I know yeah. I got to go soon. So, Why is it when Dak literally played horrible, but the defense gave up a lot of points, and they said, oh, it was a defensive loss. But yet Mason Rudolph, who actually played quite well, had a couple of mistakes, they never blame the defense of Pittsburgh for that loss. It was all, well, they need a quarterback. Don't you find that Yeah, I, I mean, storylines story and narratives are unfair is what I would say yeah. to that. Because the defense was not yeah. good. Now, they didn't have T.J. Watt, but the defense was not good in that game. They were as undisciplined as disciplined, as undisciplined could be. And Mike Tomlin, nobody, nobody would ever dare to criticize Mike Tomlin. Nobody would ever dare to what? criticize. They, they were as undisciplined as undisciplined could possibly be in that game. In every way. Tackling yes, was sir. terrible. Penalties, turnovers, Mason Rudolph with a bad interception in the corner of the end zone when the game was tight. All of that. George Pickens acting like an absolute imbecile. All of that. Doc, I appreciate you. Love you, too. Right. And so when Kirk Cousins loses yeah. in the playoffs, why does he get blamed, not his well, coach? Well, again, the, nar- the na- narratives blamed. are unfair. And, and, and you, exactly. know, and you yeah. know that because you've taken umbrage with the narrative about the guy that you care most about or one of the guys exactly. that you care. They keep saying that Ron made the playoffs with uh, Taylor Heineke and, 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 um, and Carson Wentz. No, it was Taylor who brought it out from the dead. And he could have made it again, and they, he benched him. You know I don't want to go back there again. Yes, just, I don't want to go back there either. Oh we'll, see, we'll, we'll see if Taylor right. Heineke is the starting quarterback for Bill Belichick and the Woo. Falcons. Woo! How about that? I bet Bill will make him good. I uh, bet he will. We'll see. I bet All right. Good. Love you, Doc. Anyway, Appreciate you. Have a, good, you. have a good weekend. 301 uh, Obviously, I'm just joking. We do have a little bit of breaking news in the NFL. It could directly but not absolutely affect the Washington Commanders at the number two overall pick. I'll have the details for you next right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, everybody. Coming up on Friday night, February the 2nd, Bethesda Theater and Bethesda Theater.com. 
It is 106.7 The Fan versus Team 980 Live, baby. That's right. What will the Commanders do in free agency? Who will win Super Bowl 58? What do we think about the new head coach? All of that on the docket and much, much more. It features the sports junkies. Grant Danny, B. Mitch and Finley, Kevin Sheehan, myself, Craig Hoffman, the boys from Bit Season and more. Matt will be there. Who knows who else will be there? Some big swinging sillies will be there. Get your tickets today at BethesdaTheater.com, and it's presented by our good friends at Main Street Bank. Cheer local, bank local. Put their team in your office. Visit MStreetBank.com for more information. That's MStreetBank for more information. Uh, MStreetBank.com for more information. And again, get your tickets at Bethesda Theater. Uh, Bethesda Theater. Uh, com. Should be a great night. Uh, come on out. Have a um, a diet soda or two. Uh, yeah, that's how we'll label it. Uh, and uh, I'm sure there'll be more choices than just diet sodas. Uh, but that's probably what I'll be drinking, being that, um, you know, late Friday night drive home. Don't want to uh, do anything irresponsible. Uh, but, you know, if you can do an Uber. Or, or, You're not getting or, limo service? Uh, probably not. I don't make the money that you make, Matt. Oh, I don't make limo service. That's a that's a metro ride for me. <laughs> that's fair. That's that, that's fair. All right, here's the breaking news in the NFL that I, I could have an effect on the Commanders. Could again, just want to make sure. According to uh, Bleacher Report, Jordan Schultz, uh, and uh, I think Adam Schefter also had it as well. So I'll give them both credit. Uh, maybe NFL Network too. I don't know. Uh, former Arizona Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury is interviewing for the Bears' vacant offensive coordinator job. Why is that significant? A, the Bears have the number one overall pick. B, where was Kingsbury last year after being dumped by the Arizona Cardinals a year ago? At USC with Caleb Williams as an offensive assistant and quarterback's guru meaning he worked directly with Caleb Williams. Now, it could, it could, if he gets the job, it could ultimately rule out Caleb Williams. What if he knows things about Caleb Williams that the rest of the free world doesn't recognize or see or realize? It's possible, but it also could, and it will, Absolutely, in many, 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 almost everyone's eyes, cement the deal that Caleb Williams is going number one to the Bears. Now, of course, they would need to trade Justin Fields at some point to make that happen, right? But they wouldn't have to do it right away. They could wait until near the draft or during the draft or whatever because they don't have to make a decision on this fifth-year option until after the draft. So, again, Cliff Kingsbury going to interview with the Chicago Bears for their offensive coordinator position. If he gets it, then that will spur a, the wheels in motion for what everybody pretty much is already projecting, that Caleb Williams will go number one to the Bears. But it would almost be a slam dunk in most people's eyes. I don't know what their relationship is. I mean, I assume it's fine. I assume Cliff Kingsbury holds him in high regards, but I don't know. I don't know. But that will be the narrative that there's no chance that any other 
pick can happen other than Caleb Williams to presumably Kingsbury and the Bears. And that obviously would free up Drake May, Jaden Daniels, or one of the two tackles, or Marvin Harrison Jr. for the Washington Commanders at number two. And I would say I'm already nervous that the Commanders are going to feel pressure to move up to number one and trade valuable assets, something I desperately do not want them to do. But I would hope that if that happens, if that scenario happens, or scenario, if that scenario happens, I would hope that the commanders are then patient and let the chips fall where they may and say, okay, even if we like Caleb Williams just a tad bit more than Drake May, we're good. We're good. We're fine. We're open for business to talking to people if they want to pay a king's ransom to move up to the number two spot. We're open for business. But we're good. We don't need to move up. See, I'm I'm okay with them moving down in the right deal for the right resources, the right assets, all that stuff, the right situation, not too far down. I'm I'm for that. I am dead set against, dead set against them wasting assets to move up one spot just to get the guy that they think is going to be so much better than everyone else because it so rarely works out that way. What did Ron Rivera tell John Kime of ESPN? We'll get into some of it and the fallout and what Ron thinks ultimately got him in the end. It might surprise you. Then again, for those of you that are paying attention, it might not. Ben Standig will join us at 3 o'clock from The Athletic and here, of course, Odyssey DC. Look forward to that conversation as well. Plus, you can hop in 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980 on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. All right, so as we have mentioned for the last hour and a half, Mike McCarthy back as Dallas Cowboys head coach for fifth and perhaps final year. Doesn't look like he's going to get a contract extension. Uh, but he is not getting fired, as so many had speculated and, quite honestly, expected, even with some big names about. Meanwhile, Bill Belichick apparently going to meet with the Atlanta Falcons and Arthur Blank for a second time, as rumors pick up uh, in that regard. Mike Tomlin said the fire in him has intensified to stay with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he actually expects an offseason Contract extension. The Wizards are back in action tonight, 7.30, against the New York Knicks, who have been surging since they made uh, a trade just a couple of weeks ago. The Knicks and the Wizards as yours right here on the Team 980, beginning at 7.15 tonight after Craig Hoffman and a little slice of BetMGM. And that's what's trending. Is this Tay-Tay? I heard she's not going to be in Buffalo this weekend. I heard she's doing an international um, swing of her tour. I don't know if that's true, but I heard that Taylor is not going to be in Buffalo, nor is she going to be at the Super Bowl if the Chiefs advance. 
Too cold. Because too she's cold in, in Buffalo. Uh, like Japan or something like that that day. Um, I don't know. I wish I could tell you I cared. Um, I, it's just something that, you know, because of the nonstop incessant coverage uh, that was pointed out to me because I said, oh, you know, Taylor's going to Buffalo. She's going to freeze her, uh, you know, her Tay-Tay's off, you know. But, I mean, I guess it was negative 30 in um, – uh, in, in, at Arrowhead, and she was there, so you know it's not going to be negative thirty this Sunday uh, in Buffalo. Looking forward to that game, no doubt about it. Josina Anderson is reporting, barring a snag in negotiations or a future development. I don't know what that means. She put in parentheses, still have to get a signature. <sighs> Uh, I'm expecting Bill Belichick to become the ne- the next head coach of the NFC South Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Previous rapport with Falcon CEO Rich McKay creates comfort he can't mimic in any other situation. So maybe he told Jerry Jones, no, no thanks, because Jerry Jones has more power and and control and whatever. And Mike McCarthy was willing to, you know, work with Jerry and see, you know, some of that and whatever. Um, So it's possible. So everybody is now expecting, I mean, we told you during the trending alert that Belichick is going to meet, according to um, Ian Rappaport, with um, with Arthur Blank and the Falcons a second time this weekend. Um, again, this should not be a major surprise where this is heading. Like, Blank doesn't care about building the next 15 years. He cares about, like, the next three. That's what he cares about. We're going to get into that. Ben Standing will join us in the 3 o'clock hour, and we'll ask you that as well. But right now I wanted to get to um, a couple of things. I, I, I watched and I then listened, or I watched and listened at the same – I watched the first 10 minutes and listened, and then I listened to the remainder on the drive-in of the Bill uh, – Bill Belichick – of the Ron Rivera interview with John Kahn, ESPN. Now, you know, again, you've heard me say, you know, John is the dean of of commanders, beat reporters. I mean, I learned a lot from him. Uh, He's an upstanding guy, you know, great guy. Um, You know, some people think he's too soft and easy on the team, whatever. I I mean, you know, you can think whatever you want. Um, But clearly, he had a good enough relationship and enough mutual respect and admiration between Ron Rivera and John Kime uh, that Ron sat down with him for a 35 minutes video, whatever. And they did this interview. Now, listen, that's not the case for every member of the media. I mean, as far as I know, I had a good enough relationship with Ron. I talked to him the day of the last game, wished him a happy birthday, you know, said, you know, Hey, thank you for, you know, being good to me, my son, whatever, you know, and, and he responded, you know, pretty much immediately and appreciated my, professionalism and all that stuff. And listen, you you can argue a lot of things about me. Some of you think I, I'm, I'm, I'm too mean. Some of you think I'm too easy. Some of you think I'm too much of a jerk. Some people think because I, I didn't grow up here, because I'm not a fan, but, 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 whatever. You can think whatever you want. And the horniest guy on the, no! the, the, the universe. Don't think that. It's not true, Matt. <laughs> That's not true. I'm just dying in here. 
That's lackadaisical of you. Or whatever Sion Williamson said. Lackadaisical. Uh, wait, wait, what? Lackadaisical. What is that word? Lackadaisical. What is that, Zion? Lackadaisical. Is that a side dish? Is that a side dish down in New Orleans? Anyway, so Kime sat down with Ron Rivera. And Rivera told him, amongst other things, that he wants to coach again. He could be willing to be a defensive coordinator in the right situation. He's had conversation with some people and some teams. See what happens over the next week as coaching vacancies shake out, situations shake out. We all know, again, the teams that have openings, so on and so forth. Again, willing, he said, to be a defensive coordinator. Said he loved coaching more directly as a as a coach in charge of the defense once he fired Jack Del Rio down the stretch. Even though the results stunk, right, he said he enjoyed that more than being a head coach, if you will, who was, again, a overseer of Jack Del Rio, of Nate Katzer, and of Eric Bieniemy, and certainly more than being the coach-centric GM approach that, you know, he said Dan brought to him. I mean, I've heard that there was mutual kind of, like the only way Ron was going to come here was under that setup, right? So whatever. So the bottom line is, he said all these things. He's got opportunities. We'll see how it all shakes out. I'm not sure if he does or he doesn't. I haven't talked to him again since before the last game. That being said, I'm not surprised. Ron is very well-liked. Again, another classic example, and I'm not saying Ron wasn't judged fairly. I mean, he was. He got four years here. That's plenty of time. They were not good, 26-40-1. It's plenty of time. We know Ron, at best, was average at best. And average would probably be kind, okay? That being said, a couple of things that stood out to me. One, he totally, and I mean completely, blamed the media for misinterpreting, for creating narratives that weren't true, for blowing things up, for causing turmoil, for asking players what they thought about certain situations when Ron was trying to keep them out of it for always stirring the pot and making a big deal out of things that Ron said or did. He blamed the media totally. Now, he didn't get into specifics, but he blamed the media completely and 100% for a lot of the problems, a lot of the narratives he felt that were unfair. A lot of the conversation, a lot of the questions, a lot of the criticism. Now, I will say this. The media often creates narratives that are unfair. We do. Unfair to some. Not unfair to everyone, but unfair to some. So I can't say Ron's totally wrong. I can't say Ron's out of his mind. For thinking that when you are the subject, when you are the brunt of something you consider unfair, you're going to see it from your perspective. And that's exactly how Ron thought. Ron thought that 
the playoffs thing with Grant at the end of the Browns game was completely unfair. Yeah, he didn't say that specifically, but trust me, he did. Ron thought the fallout from the quarterback comment in the, inside the division in late October in 2022 was unfair and was not right. Ron, again, thought that was an unfair narrative. Ron thought the soundbite that we play from Chicago about how Dan Snyder ordered the Carson Wentz move was, again, completely wrong, unfair, what have you. So basically he took some time to take pretty much a machete to the media at large, not specific, but I'm sure he wasn't talking about John Kime. He probably wasn't talking about Nikki Javala. He may have been talking about Ben Standing, but by and large, he was probably talking about these two radio stations, Pro Football Talk, Twitter, and social media at large. I never really heard of Grant Paulson. <laughs> well, Ron Rivera has, I tell you that much. There's a lot there. Okay. <laughs> so the point being is Ron took time early in the interview to take a machete to the media. Again, Ron probably felt, look, I helped you guys do your, your jobs. You owed me a little bit of debt of gratitude. You owed me a little bit of, you know, kind of um, uh, patience or a little bit of um, opportunity to explain myself or to maybe say something that didn't exactly add up. The problem, what what Ron didn't realize is that what he says doesn't just go to the local beat reporters. It goes everywhere. And that means the junkies. That means Kevin Sheehan, Craig Hoffman, me, even though I, I tried not to parse that many words from Ron and I tried not to overreact to too many things that Ron said, we were very, 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 very much against Ron leaking to Jonathan Jones a week after the season ended uh, in 20, let me see, uh, I guess it was early now, uh, 2023, after Sam Howell's first start, six days later, he's leaking to Jonathan Jones, of course it was an unnamed source, but it was Ron, that Sam Howell was number, you know, QB number one, the starter. And he walked that back and he said, you know, the greatest regret that he had uh, or one of the great regrets that he had was he put too much pressure on Sam. He should have kept saying that, you know, QB won, he would get the first chance, but not that he was the starter. Well, he did say for several months after that that he was going to get the first chance. Not that he was automatically the starter, that they would have competition. The problem is, is by his own inaction and by the plan that they put forward, they never showed anyone, anyone, any modicum of any semblance of competition. And again, we said on this show, you remember this because Pete and I argued this for days and days and weeks on end. I was absolutely dead set against Ron stupidly, in my opinion, anointing Sam Howell, the starting quarterback, in mid-January 
without a competition, without knowing who was going to be brought on I was in about free to say, agency. That was absurd, though, because he was named starting quarterback when he was the only quarterback. Well, and that was the other thing. And a lot of people feel the reason why he did that was to cover up the stench of the Carson Wentz decision and the way the season ended and so on and so forth. Now, listen, again, Ron talked about that. You should listen to the whole thing. You should go check it out. It's really good. You know, John's got it on ESPN. John's got it on on Twitter. It's on video. All that stuff. Uh, you should, you know, again, go back and 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 uh, and and listen to it and judge for yourself. I'm just telling you what I heard and what I took. And then there was one more thing that jumped out to me, I guess, early on, and that was the Trent Williams situation. Now, I got to be honest with you. I didn't kill Ron as much for the Trent Williams situation as ultimately everyone else did. And even when Trent Williams rebounded and was great, and listen, I love Trent Williams. I mean, he's arguably, I mean, he's the best left tackle in football. And Kyle Shanahan thinks he's the best left tackle of all time. A little bit biased, but, you know, I mean, an argument can be made. But I understood where Ron was thinking. We never found out whether Trent wanted a five-year extension and wanted 60 or $70 million fully guaranteed or whether he wanted the final year of his deal, which was like for $12, $12.5 $12 fully guaranteed. We never found that out. Nobody was ever able to get that answer, what Trent exactly wanted. Ron had a belief, and he explained it to Kime, that because of things that happened in Carolina, he wanted to see guys go through OTAs and whatnot, get to know them on the field, off the field, in the building, so on and so forth. I, again, it, 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 it backfired. It was the wrong decision ultimately. But I didn't kill Ron for that. I understood where Ron was coming. A lot of you didn't. I do. I'm not saying that that's the way you should do it. But I understood what, what Ron was getting at. I understood. So he addressed that. And then there was one other part that I want to get to on the other side. We'll take a quick time out. We'll try and squeeze uh, your calls in. Ben Standing coming up as well on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. All right, we'll get to Jonesy in a sec. Ron wasn't asked about Chase Young. He wasn't asked about his relationship with Jason Wright. The one thing, and John had said at the beginning of the interview, look, I only had a certain amount of time. I tried to ask as many questions as I could. You just can't. I know how hard it is. So I'm not killing John. Just saying, he wasn't asked about those. So we don't have answers to those. Um. One one thing that stood out to me, and I was trying to look for the exact quotes, and I can't find them uh, right now, so I don't know if um, uh, if I, I want to paraphrase basically, but basically he was saying, "Look, you know, there were way too many times where he had to deal with all sorts of things that weren't like the football roster and wasn't coaching." I have the quote right here. What what was it? It was stuff that shouldn't have been put on the head of a coach's plate. Right. But at the time I was dealing with it, I wasn't necessarily the head coach as much as I was the manager. Okay. So 
here's the deal. As the head coach and overseer of all things football operations, if you were the head coach and the overseer of all things football, you should have said, guys, there's nothing more important than me getting ready for X, Y, and Z and handling the football operations. I'll have to deal with, or somebody will have to deal with name crap, meetings, image, likeness, all all this nonsense, all this other crap later, at some other point, on the weekend, whenever, in the offseason, whenever. Ron didn't apparently do that. He tried to take on too much and tried to be everybody's granddad and take care of everything and whatever. Or there was one thing Ron could have done right from the get-go is hired somebody from the second he took the job to be basically his right-hand man to not make football decisions, but to basically deal with all the BS that was going to come with that job and working for and under Dan Snyder. Now, he didn't know everything that was about to come, the name change, all that, but he should have known, I can't do this by myself without a president in the building, without a vice president building, because he blew out Eric Schaefer, without anyone other than Kyle Smith, who was 35 years old. That's where Ron screwed up probably the most from the start. Uh, let's get quickly get to Jonesy here before the top of the hour, and then Ben Standig will join us uh, for some more perspective on all of this. What's up, Jonesy? How are you? Hey, WrestleMania. What's, What's going up, Jonesy? on, man? What's going on? Not a whole lot. Hey, listen now, man. And see, that, that Ron is sitting there backpelling, you know, uh, on a lot of, you know, his mishaps when he was here. Yeah, you're right. He should have got somebody who, who, as far as being, you know, the, 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 who could absorb absorb the outside noise and deal with that. It shouldn't have been him. And if he had been here, just a football coach coming here, dealing with the football operations, stuff on the field rather than having to deal off the field because there's a lot to take on for what we were dealing with, name change, you know, Dan Snyder's issues and things of that nature. And, you know, a lot of mud was was being flown around here back during that point in time. And he took on that too. Yeah, he changed the culture in that sense. But as far as the football, uh, it remained the same. Um, if he had just came here and been the football coach, and like you say, get a right-hand man, things might have been different. But at the same time, I'm going to also say this. Had he pretty much took notice in certain things that wasn't working early, because there were signs that think certain things wasn't working early, should have made change then too. Because there were certain things he could do to get himself out of a, a crazy situation, like a bad quarterback that wasn't, you know, playing well. Okay, switch the guy out, you know, or the ter- few terrible linemen or whatever. Switch those guys out. Get better ones. I mean, and not, you know, some guys that were working, you know, in the grocery store a couple weeks ago at the gas station. No, see, he never replaced, you know, the quality guys that we did leave. They did have with quality guys coming that's, in. That's that's more than fair. Problem. He 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 brought in bodies, but he didn't replace quality right. for quality. Is your point? Thank you, big time. Yeah. Trent Williams, yeah, I don't know what happened with that. I mean, he just was just completely out of here when he got here. 
And I don't know what that conversation was yeah. like or if he had a the type of conversation. But but what I get from you, no. But he got rid of Morgan Moses. <laughs> he got rid of a Brandon Sheriff. I mean, guys, we knew who could possibly help him. Yeah. He got rid of Eric Schaefer. He got rid of Kyle Smith. These were guys that were at least trending up with and who and who yep. could help him. Yeah, no doubt. And, mean, and, he, and, a, and and again, that's why I go back to uh, that point. Jonesy, I appreciate you. I got to let you run because we're way up against it uh, and we got to hit the timeout. Ben Standing will join us from The Athletic and as well, Odyssey DC during the offseason. He'll get his perspective next.